How many languages do you speak? I am fluent in over six million forms of communication and can readily... Splendid. We have been without an interpreter since our master got angry with our last protocol droid and disintegrated him. Disintegrated? <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to Long Time Ago Radio, a conversational podcast about Star Wars. I'm your host, Joshua Mobley, and I'm joined by my two favorite fans in the galaxy, Alex Vargas and Rebecca June Lane. How are you two doing? Doing good. Doing good. Doing good. I feel All like right. it's been a really long time since we've talked. It, it, it's been a crazy couple It hasn't, couple it weeks. hasn't. Yeah. Uh, mainly because the last episode we recorded once again broke. I swear to God, we are cursed. What is Anytime with that? Anytime we ever try to just talk about the Jedi and Sith, we have these amazing conversations, and then they break, and then we don't get to have those conversations. But yeah, um, we Some... I will be posting our broken episode at some point um it, what's funny is it's now. a really great episode it goes on for like 45 minutes and then at some point alex just stops talking i just gave up guys and i was like great jedi and i was and like, i was like what's going on <laughs> and then i realized that his thing was broken and so when you skip later on there'll be these pockets of silence and then it'll be me and <laughs> becky going like oh yeah that's a good point so like, <laughs> if when we do release a josh you should just put in some like droid gibberish so it sounds like there's, you know, more Star Wars or like Utini's or Ewok, you know. Or just the noise of the something. Charlie Brown adult. Yeah, that's a good point. Wah, 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 wah. I know you hate Grey Jedi. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> I think that would make the episode very entertaining. <laughs> I actually think we avoided the subject of Grey Jedi this past time around. Yeah, we did a good job at that. But uh, yeah, no, between the holidays and, you know, work gets crazy around the holidays. We've just... Uh, Sorry, haven't been putting out quite as much content across our platforms, but New Year, we're going to be kicking some butt because there is so much going on still. I don't know about you guys, but I have had like 15 more conversations about The Last Jedi since the last time we talked, at least. Um, I, 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 I talked to my parents because they finally saw it. Well, I should say I talked to my dad, mm-hmm. and I was worried that he was not going to like it because his he was very like, oh you know force awakens was all right which is his way of saying like whatever uh and he was like it was all right it was just a lot like a new hope and i was surprised to see that after him only seeing it once he was like well yeah i really liked it i liked that it was different and that i didn't know what was going to happen next i was like wow okay okay yeah he did not like the leia scene (laughs) really what the floating he was like it was cheesy as hell (laughs) Uh, well, but I mean, whatever. He was like, I get what they were going for, and I and I and I get it. I respect it, but I didn't like it. <laughs> I respect you. <laughs> it's so orange funny. peanut. Orange peanut. <laughs> That's like the latest thing. It's like, oh, I understand what the what the filmmakers were going for, but I don't like it. I'm like, is that a sentiment that needs to be shared about absolutely every part of everything? Um, yeah, but, that's uh, that's very true. That is very yeah. true. Yeah. People Although used to just admit, watch stuff, you know. Sometimes it's like I could you, you just can't see the vision at all. Sometimes you wonder why people do things at all. Like at least you can kind of see what Rain Johnson was trying to do. People may not agree with it, but at least they, they get the point. I think there's been yeah. a few movies where I've, I've watched scenes. I'm just like, why did you do this? 
it serves I'm, no purpose other than to just be a sore thumb in this. Like it just, it doesn't make sense. Absolutely, which is why I keep going back to people and say, hey, look at the critics' reviews and, and read them and see why people without such an intense emotional connection um, uh, enjoyed it so much. And it's because it is a good film. And if you don't like certain aspects, that's more of a personal thing than like, a, this movie sucks. Um, yeah. But uh, I talk to some people at work. It's funny because I've only been at my current office for a week and I'm already the Star Wars person. So <laughs> <laughs> that, That's a good role to take that's advantage of. That's a good of. role to have, yeah. It's actually funny because me and my producer, who's also a huge fan and a nerd, um, tried to slip a couple Star Wars references into the ed- episode we're editing right now. I'm editing this like travel health show for CNN. And we, we have one Star Wars-y homage that, that's going through. But we literally had a line that was like, you know, I was this guy was going to maybe freeze to death. And he's like, I was going to go the way of Han Solo or something like that. <laughs> but, our, but our executive was like, mm, maybe we don't have the Star Wars <laughs> reference. But I'm trying, guys. I'm trying to spread the nerd on on all platforms (laughs) (laughs) but yeah he liked it you know everybody i talked to from work like it my sister loved it um and it's always fun to talk to people who have such positive opinions she's she's like not the the biggest star wars nerd but she listens and she's like getting into it more i think um and she just remembered she just loved it she thought it was fun she thought it was wonderful she loved all the leia stuff um but that might be like a it is a very girl power series, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wish I could see it again. I do long. still want to go see it again, but there's still so many other movies that I haven't even seen. Coco. Yeah, I, like haven't, I haven't seen, seen Coco. Coco. I haven't seen Coco at all. We're going to go try seeing it this weekend with my sister when she comes down. But uh, Maybe I should do that. I have a Fandango gift card from Christmas. Maybe might as well. It, it's Hey, didn't it win the uh, best animated at the Golden Globes? I, I believe so, yeah. Right. yeah. It's Pixar. They almost always win. <laughs> Except for uh, The Good Dinosaur. They have actually for a while. Yeah, they have, they've yeah, had the, a kind well, of a down streak. The Good Dinosaur wasn't that great. No, it wasn't that good. It was like the most beautiful vistas you've ever seen with like these doodles. They were like gumpy dinosaurs. <laughs> they were just yeah. claymation. They were weird. It was weird. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, Star Star Wars. Star Wars. Um, Anything else Alex, going on? Wh- yeah. Yeah. What's going on with you, Alex? Not much. Working. Uh, some people might know this. I do. Uh, I make Star Wars charity patches that we sell. Just kind of like in- internet, Instagram, and all that fun stuff. And we raise money for uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation, so I'm working on one of those right now. And then this past weekend, I got to watch the first episode. Actually, I watched the whole series of The Toys That Made Us on Netflix. Oh my god, I want to start that. It The first episode is about Star Wars toys, and it is great. And what is I that also, why you pitched the that toys is one, episode? That's okay. one reason why I pitched it. Because I know we've done collect, okay. collecting, but I think at some point it'd be fun to do one talking about just the playful aspect. Like being able to play with your toys. As opposed right. to, you know, display shelves. You know, how did you play with your toys? You know, I lost all my guns. Well, even just point. getting more into the history yeah. of them as so, well. Because our collecting episode was super focused on just, like, why you collect and how to get into it. And then how to be sane and not, you know, spend all your money. Yeah, and toys are, <laughs> I mean, yes, they're collectible. But as a kid, there's something that you play with. Like, right. yeah, hey, I broke C-3PO's arm. Oh, it's a, it's a toy. You played with your toys. So it's it's really good. Uh, it's, it's going to be an eight-part series. The first four parts are out. They're a little over an hour each. 
they're really good. They talk about Barbie, He-Man, and G.I. Joe. So, And there's Star Wars sprinkled in through all the episodes, which is great. That's good. I want to I wanna get started on that because I saw that uh, and I was like, ooh, that looks really interesting. It really is. And it makes um, you want to just go to Toys R Us and just start looking at what's there. Yeah. I remember watching uh, um, a documentary that was literally all about Star Wars toys, and it sounded way more interesting than it was. It was super boring. <laughs> was it? Well, it wasn't Plastic Galaxy, was it? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I like that one, but I think that one was solely vintage. Like, I think unless well, you can really relate to the vintage line. Yeah, and I, was, I wanted it to be more about the history of it, and it was more just like, there's these, you know, toys that never came out. <laughs> I have not. That's pretty cool. I drew, I drew there. You're like, okay, cool, this, I guess. Then but... this documentary series is what you want because it gives you, a, okay. it, gives you it focuses a lot on the, the 70s and the 80s, but it goes all the way up to about 2000 with, you know, uh, actually 1999, talking about the, the Phantom Menace and all the toys and how things went real weird during that time. Um, so it's, it's, it's good. Like, if you want that's... an introduction, watch this. That's funny. I was just talking today with my producer about the Phantom Menace toy explosion and uh, how insane that got. But uh, that's a shame, though, because I feel like what I really want to know about is what's happening now. It seems like in the past 15, I guess, 18 years, like the past three years have been so cool for Star Wars toys. And I I can't imagine. I don't think I even know the extent of the technology that's out there right now for the toys. They have Um, things have definitely evolved not to go too into it. But if you remember during the. Uh, 1999 wave of the the, the uh, Phantom Menace toys. You had the uh, chips and the chip readers that did voices. Right, right, right. So now they have this armband that you wear, and all the uh, dialogue is pre-recorded on there. And there are little chips on the action figures' feet, so the chips activate the sound coming off of the gauntlet that you wear. So it's kind of similar, but it's evolved to the next step to where it's smaller technology. That's really cool. Yeah. So it's it's fun stuff. We should definitely talk about that and record it live in a Toys R Us. Ah, uh, no. Ah. <laughs> Unless it's like <laughs> late at night and they're like not screaming children crying in, in the background. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. There could be barking dogs, though. That's horrible. Yeah, I'm going to have to cut out all of Ahsoka's uh, barks. Leave it in. Leave it in. No, Ahsoka. she's contributing. No. What does she think she- about toys? she likes to chew on them that's yeah for yum sure. um <laughs> what yeah. about you anything well a uh, couple things i start i didn't know which star wars book to read next because i got my next audible credit and so i was like you know what i'm finally gonna go uh get into lords of the sith mm. so i started listening to that and it's pretty entertaining i don't i don't feel like it's uh, super like deep or anything or adds really anything. It's just like, all right, this is just uh, Darth Vader killing a whole lot of people. It really so is. So for people who don't know, what where is that set? When was that written? What's the I honestly happened? don't know if it's set between three and four or four and five. It does not really say. I think it's uh, supposed to fall between three and four. Um, late, you know, just later on because we know we know it takes place on Ryloth. Yeah, but uh, it hasn't. The events of the first movie have not happened yet. Okay. You can okay. Ki- once you get farther into it, you can kind of feel it's really early in the relationship between Vader and Palpatine. So that that's really the what you get mostly out of the story is their relationship cool. and how they see each other and how Vader sees his place in the galaxy. That sounds great. Is this canon? This is new, right? Yes. Yeah, it's a newer book. Yeah. It also has one of the, my favorite covers. 
Ooh, uh, yeah, it's cool cover. It's uh. So I'll are you far it. into it or? Yes, yeah, surprisingly, I did not think I was. It's pretty short, actually. Mm -hmm. It's only eighteen chapters. Oh, uh, that that can mean if there are hundred. Uh, I know. I I know it can mean <laughs> anything, but it it's um. The audiobook is only about 10 hours, and most of the other Star Wars audiobooks, minus like Legends of Luke Skywalker, which is six, they're about 15. So okay. it's like two thirds of the size of a normal canon book. But honestly, it does feel um, the whole time I'm reading it, I'm thinking of that scene in American Psycho where he's like, I just had to kill a lot of people. I'm, it's like, <laughs> it's just that. Like,. <laughs> Uh, okay, that could appeal. It's to just a like crowd. Vader goes to Ryloth. Oh my God! All these Twi'leks like are revolting, and they're not. They don't want to fall in line. And oh man, they know we're here. They're gonna try and assassinate us. And uh, let's just kill them all. <laughs> it's pretty much the book, which yes. is inter it's entertaining because I like. Um, it doesn't just follow Vader. There's other characters. Yeah. Uh, but it follows them all as the whole thing's going on, and it's entertaining. Um. It, again, it, it doesn't really have any, like, it doesn't really give you any insight into, like, anything, really. It's just kind of like, want a cool story about the Emperor and Vader just killing a whole lot of people and just treating everyone like they're pawns <laughs> like Pretty in a, much. a large game. And you're like, yeah, all right, cool. This is fine. Well, that, but, I mean, uh, that sounds interesting in terms of their dynamic, though, for me at least, yeah. Yeah, yeah they... they uh, they they play on how kind of um, I think the the one thing that's really interesting about it is they play on how um, Vader thinks of his master and mm -hmm. like how he still is he doesn't really understand how Sidious can just do certain things or like knows certain things he's just Ooh. like oh Sidious just knows things and stuff and <gasps> can, I, uh, can I throw something yeah. out real quick yeah the mystery surrounding Sidious I just people. Like invoke that, think about that when you're thinking about the new trilogy and how we didn't know who Sidious was, why he was strong, why he had Force Lightning, what the situation was in the original trilogy. We didn't know any of that. Just, I just like reminding <laughs> listeners Remember of these how things. of how the original trilogy was like super fun and not you know airtight. But anyway, um, well, it sounds like a cool book. I love evil dynamics, so I'll have to yeah. check that out. Real quick for the timeline, um, if you look at the front of any of the the new books they have the del rey star wars timeline inside so lords of the sith uh takes place Love right it. after revenge of the sith so it takes place before tarkin and a new dawn so it's the closest to uh the prequel stories well no not necessarily because that new darth vader comic series starts literally in that room where vader's like no well book wise so really oh book yeah. yeah yeah i mean if we i don't know if anyone's ever put it a map to that, but based off of the the Del Rey books, book wise, right. that's the closest that we have to that. I mean, the comics. Oh, gotcha. I mean that that fills in all the teeny tiny gaps, which that would be a, a fun task to try to read every single thing in order. I mean, you'd kill yourself. Hard. You'd kill yourself, but still. Yeah, it'd be yeah. too hard. Like... Which is unfortunate because we were all like, "Oh yay, new canon! We could start." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> from no, scratch. I'm I'm super behind. <laughs> no, too much. Um, can I, I feel behind final... just because I have to keep up, but yeah, yeah. Can I make a final plea before we get into our pop topic to our yeah, listeners? Sure. Okay, I got for Christmas one of those awesome Death Star floating speakers, um, right. Bluetooth speakers. I cannot get the stupid thing to float. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried on many different surfaces, 
and it just it, the magnets just keep pulling it to one side or the other. So if anyone else got this for Christmas or has had it and had this problem, I've seen a lot of people have the problem online, but none of their solutions work for me. So <laughs> reach out if you can get it to float. Because I mean, I'm still down with a cool Bluetooth Star Wars speaker, but it'd be sweet if the Death Star would float. So yeah, thanks. Um, other quick things before we get into the thing. Uh, I read more of Star Wars Infinities. Still really enjoying it. They're so much fun. Yeah, the Empire arc was really cool. It was the one where Luke dies in the snow. Mm-hmm. And then in, like, pure macho man fashion, Han thinks he's the one who's supposed to go to Dagobah and become a Jedi. And then as soon as they get there, Yoda's like, get out of here. <laughs> he's like, obviously, it's Luke's sister, you know. And so then wait, uh, just to, rem- to remind people, this is the book about like what ifs. Yes, uh, this is the what if story. So this the, the Empire arc is uh, uh, takes place during obviously uh, Empire Strikes Back, but it's but it continues under the assumption that Luke died in the snow after being attacked by the by the uh, Wampa, not the Tauntaun, the Wampa, <laughs> the Snowman. Yeah, he got he you know. <laughs> the abominable the snowman, got him, the bumble. Yeah. He got attacked by the yeah. bumble. The bumble. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, so he dies in the snow after seeing Obi Wan, and he tells Han he has to go to Dagobah. But then they take terrible. Leia. Yeah, they take Leia to Dagobah, and then Yoda trains her to be a Jedi instead, and it's really cool. Uh, and weirdly, and I put on Twitter, her outfit looks almost exactly like Rey's it does. in the Last Jedi. Very earth toned. Like, it's uncanny how similar it is. Which I came first? This, the, the, Infinities. the Infinities costume. So I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, the 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 Last Jedi outfit was slightly based on this because they just, cool. they look so close. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. But, um, that is, a, there was a cool story, uh, and then uh, I'm on the, um, I just started the Jedi one where it's like, oh, what if, what if they failed in getting Han back? Like, uh, uh, they, they attack, um, Jabba's palace and then, uh, what's his name? Boba Fett, <laughs> like ends up getting away and, and taking Han with him like in Carbonite. And so they're like, oh no, we failed. Like we have to get Han back. <laughs> Uh, and then they blow up Jabba's palace, and I, I haven't gotten any farther than that. But it's pretty cool. Um, I, I God, I want them to do more. And I know there was something else Star Wars related, but I honestly can't think of it right now. So <laughs> we should <laughs> uh, we should get on to our topic of the show because we've got a lot of we got a, a big topic and then a lot of news. So here we Let's go. Oh yeah, and there's the cover and the. It's, in the chat it just it's so pretty it is cool it looks like an eu comic cover it does and when you expand it it's a bunch of stormtroopers on the left and with a bunch of rebels on the right and one of the rebels yeah. on the right is getting shot in the face oh like <laughs> it's just so much fun. the palpatine just looks so he looks powerful here i uh the one character i cannot remember his name it's like Bar-ra-ra-ra. i don't remember oh the one he, yeah uh, the <laughs> imperial um the Imperial who's like a, a blackmailed spy for the Rebellion or whatever. Uh-huh. I really like his character because he just, 
you can tell he just hates everything and he's like man i just do not want to be in this situation he's so skeevy he's he's all yeah. he's there for himself yeah. and like when things either turn or whatever he's you know whatever side will keep him safe is the side he'll go for yeah i like that and i also like the the moth who's super lazy whatever her <laughs> name is she doesn't want to do anything yeah she's super interesting and then she gets mad because the they were like, a Star Destroyer has never been destroyed, and one just got destroyed in my system. Yeah, you should you should do something about that. Yeah, and, and I was like, there goes my career, basically. <laughs> I was like, uh, it's, it's, it's a cool book. It's fun. It's a fun book. Yeah, it's, it's a, a fun, fun book. book. Fun book. Anyway, our topic of the show is going to be kind of interesting. It's something we, t- we talk about sentience a lot on this show, if you've ever heard the Creature of the Week. Uh <laughs> this we've always had the discussion like are droids actually sentient like do they have feelings do they feel pain uh what else there's all kinds of stuff like that goes along with this um because in you know in star wars it seems like lots of the droids like r2 and um c3po have personalities k2so has a personality bb8 definitely has a personality but then there's like a lot of the other imperial droids like most of them don't but then like the mouse droids kind of do and it's it's yeah i did that at work the other day and someone was like is that the uh is that the mouse droid i was like yeah uh um but yeah that, that we're gonna we're gonna discuss this prevailing question are droids sentient do they feel pain what's up with them you know what's up with the droids what's up with that uh you posted some wikipedia stuff in here yes yeah, so uh, um, this stuff is all uh, what do you call it legends okay so this is just to show you how how much they got into it i mean it's little things here and there from the video games and some of the expanded universe books but uh they talk they talk about droid rights movement the uh right of sentience and the great droid revolution which is so great, okay. it only is uh, two cha- two paragraphs in the uh, Wikipedia entry, so it uh, mm-hmm. it lasted very long. Yeah. What's funny is they even have some other things. So I was looking at the Great Droid Revolution, which happened 4,000 years before Episode 4. Yep. So this took place during the Old Republic kind of thing. Um, there's a thing that says the Knights, uh, the Knights of the Old Republic campaign guide mistakenly establishes the revolution as happening during the Great Sith War, which I thought was funny. And then, a- so even ba- again back then, a bunch of you know stuff in EU just didn't make any sense. And then aside it didn't line up correctly. And aside from that, you have a, a smaller revolution, which is IG88. Who that's a whole another story, but you have that idea of sentience being played around there too, which is that one's that one's that one's pretty fun. Um, that mm-hmm. one has a pretty good story. Oh, rights of sentience. Yes, it's uh, it was part of the Galactic Constitution, which the Galactic Constitution uh, in itself is part of the canon storyline, uh, but it's never been fleshed out as as well as it was in as it was in Legends. So Legend talks mm-hmm. about what. Not necessarily what is a sentient being, but the things, the rights that sentient beings uh, must have. And it was right. it's funny because they don't really, they, it sounds like, there's a sentence in here that uh, it's not known how, they, how the Republic determined what species were sentient. So they knew what rights people or creatures had to have, but they didn't know how to judge what made someone 
a, a sentient being and, and it's interesting especially if you're programming a droid to have feelings have you made it sentient or is it just following its programming right huh. well I think the cool thing about that I mean the, the coolest thing that I found navigating through the legends things is based on that and it's this book called or it's a short story called therefore I, therefore I am the tale of IG88 yep um and it just, I would suggest to people to just reading the story because I read the plot summary and it sounds awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a really cool area that they've explored. It seems at least decently well in Legends. Um, and I think they should bring it into this because it seems pretty obvious. Um, if any, If you were to ask anybody, does R2-D2 have feelings, thoughts, hopes, dreams? Everybody would say yes. Um, there's a Business Insider article, actually, about our droid slaves, and they ask a bunch of Star Wars fans, and everyone's like, yeah. I mean, the reality is we see some who don't have seem to have anything, but they have made it very clear from day one that these people have personalities, and especially with R2-D2, drive, um, independent thinking, problem-solving, um, and, you know... I think the, the the interesting question that arises is how are we supposed to feel about them then when K2SO dies? Like that's just as sad then as any of the human characters dying, but in the world they're disposed of really quickly. Like nothing mat like they're just, you know, they're just droids. And I'm curious as to how the humans and the other sentient beings, quote unquote, like deal with that, you know? Like how it is how does Anakin just walk away from R2-D2, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, he has to crawl away, but... Uh, 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 <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's funny because in the Empire, it seems like there is this lack of empathy for droids, at least for the most part. I'm sure there's some that... You know, don't like. Uh, um, I remember hearing about in Battlefront Two, the campaign that just came out. Um, Iden has the the droid on her back, literally right. named Droid. <laughs> and the reason they named it Droid is because they were like, we don't. They're like the Empire doesn't give their droids names; they're just tools. Right. So like, while their droid Droid has maybe a little bit of personality, they don't see it as like part of the crew they see it as another tool like their gun basically so just to follow up on that you look at characters like c-3po and r2d2 that have a lot of personality and then you look at some of the the droids on the empire and they seem very stoic without any characteristics or even if you look at the scene on cloud city where c-3po meets another astromech droid and he tries to have a conversation the other one just kind of goes Achuta, and then walks away you know he, he feels like that's rude is that personality something that the Empire doesn't put in? Or is that something that they just lose over time? And uh, just to kind of think back, think about AP5 and Rebels. How he was part of the Empire. He was part of the uh, inventory crew. But originally he had been downgraded from navigation. And you remember, if, you, if you've if you seen a Hitchhiker's Guide, you have, uh, what's his name, Marv? Marvin. Marvin, yeah. the depressed robot. I feel like that's kind of the same thing there too. So was that personality something that developed in him over time because of his downgrade, or was that something that was put in him from the beginning? That's that's really interesting, and I think maybe the way to think about it isn't that 
you know, oh, some have these chips. Like, in, in Legends, there's, like, a sentience chip. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's another aspect to it. But, like, I think you have to think about it the same way you would think about any sort of slave or even the same way about the stormtroopers. Like, if they're only in an environment where they have a job and they serve and they do their job, then that's it. But if they're in, like, with the rebels or if they're hanging out at cantina, like, they have more culture and more interactions with more species and, and they're able to maybe their programming adapts a little bit um whereas in the empire just like stormtroopers just like finn before he ran away you know you follow your orders you keep your helmet on you do your thing um and maybe it's more conditioning than anything else i don't know i haven't actually thought about it that way well when you look at other droids like triple zero who are just straight up killing machines too you know from their beginning they're they were programmed to do that should say where triple zero's from so triple zero came out of the darth vader comic correct josh and yeah. kind of followed up with the Dr. Afra's. There's Triple Zero, and what's the name of the other droid? Um, it's like BT or something. Like I don't remember. Basically, they're like the uh, the evil R2-D2 and C-3PO. Whereas R2 and C-3PO were very helpful, these guys were made solely to like maul and punish and torture pe- other people. That's pretty much what they were. So like mm-hmm. like those kinds of characters were their purpose is to be evil, basically. Is that something that was developed in them, or were they programmed to act? You know, if they're if you're being programmed to be a torture droid, are you going to give them a cheerful dis, you know, disposition? Sorry, are you going to let them be cheerful, or are you going to had it kind of give them like a a mean aura to them? You know, make them fit the job. Well, I wonder, I wonder if it is a a choice you have to make because you kind of have to think about current technologies and the way you could think about how they're applicable like do you make the droid adaptable yeah so like if you have someone like r2d2 who could you know learn from the surroundings and make quick decisions that's a more helpful droid but you also i guess have to deal with personality that comes along with that um but you do i guess lose a little bit i mean i guess look at the uh the battle droids um they don't have any of that and they're pretty dumb so clearly there's like a scale there um, they definitely are like sentient though weirdly they don't seem sentient in episode one they just kind of seem like well remember episode one they were still what? under the control of like a hive mind they were under the control of the single the the droid uh what is it called uh they were i made a note of this actually uh the droid control ships that's where they got everything all their tasks from they worked together you look at uh attack of the clones all the way through clone wars at that point they have individual minds so they're making their own choices are they not controlled by a control ship after that after they that no the same way? no they actually make a point of talking about that because if you knock out a control ship your entire army's done so they made it well, so each would droid... they not make more well if in battle if you can destroy if you can focus on destroying what's controlling everything else oh. your soldiers aren't good for anything so they changed it they talk about in clone wars where every single droid can now think for themselves as opposed to following, you know, typed in orders. And that that's what, that was one way of being able to put soldiers on the ground without having to have a ship nearby that became an extra target. Well, that's interesting because they were clearly trying to make, keep them as under control as possible, and that was a decision they had made. Yeah. And I guess they had to undo that strategically. Interesting. Real quick, guys, uh, I got a work call, so I'm going to mute myself, but you guys keep talking. Okay anyway um let's talk about i always found something really interesting in rogue one speaking about just like droids being programmed or like reprogrammed 
Um, and, and is that really their personality or whatever? So right. if you remember K2SO, he was an Imperial droid and we see other K2 units in there and they don't seem to have the personality that he has. But when he gets reprogrammed, they, they like Cassian mentions that his wittiness and his like talk back nature all come from they're like oh uh aspects or side effects of him being reprogrammed so they're not necessarily like are they necessarily even him like is is k2 actually sentient or is he kind of a slave to his own programming are we even <laughs> sentient? that's <laughs> oh <my laughs> where this gets weird <laughs> well i mean yeah and actually when you say it gets weird you know there are theories philosophical theories about sentience you know being you know is the fact that we think we are you know are we um you know and, and that's where a lot of you know and you see in other forms of science fiction where stuff like droids rights comes up with is with that kind of question if something believes in like what it is and hat and reacts a certain way and feels a certain way isn't that what it is um even if you created it um i think k2so is interesting and can we not also compare him with what's the name of the droid in rebels um the chopper Imperial- no, the Imperial droid that they pick up. Oh, uh, I always call him Squidward, but I can't. I can never remember his <laughs> uh, actual AP5. name. There you go. AP5. AP5. So he's. So what's his situation? AP fives. Yeah, in terms of was he rope reprogrammed? No, he just what? got real depressed. Uh, so according to his backstory, he used to be a uh, a navigator droid, and he considered himself the best navigator droid in the. I think I don't know if it was in the. I think it was probably the old Republic because he's an old droid. Oh, um, so he doesn't work for the Empire. Well, okay. he does now. He was he had been downgraded to working in the inventory duty. So to him, his vast amount of knowledge was going to waste. And he talks about that in the episode where we see him. How he used to do complex calculations and this, this, and that. And now he counts rations. Well, that's interesting. It doesn't seem like a very Empire thing to do to pick up a bunch of old droids and put them to work i don't know maybe it does i mean it's like, <laughs> you think they just trash them well lothal's kind of is, is lothal i don't remember is, uh, an outer rim planet so it's kind of out there so i don't think they, they put like the, the nicest stuff oh fair enough yeah i mean I think everyone kind use... of recycles you see it in, in uh rogue one where they're recycling old clone war technology in the labor camps well i think you know we obviously are focusing on how the Empire treats droids and how the Rebels treats droids, but then there's also just the regular folk. Um, and I feel like, you know, you, we get a range of different feelings in terms of droids there. I mean, obviously, the first the first whiff we get... Oh, there's a couple ones, actually. Um, you know, Uncle Owen says, I'll go erase that droid's memory because he mentioned something. Yeah. I mean, he mentioned his father, <laughs> but Obi-Wan Kenobi and, uh, you know, the, all the drama. But, yeah, they're so willing to just, you know, lobotomize these droids. Um, it's pretty brutal. Um, and then, obviously, at Mos Eisley, um, the barkeep's like, we don't serve their kind here. So there's a little bit of anti-droid sentiment. Uh, oh, yeah. Which is, which is interesting. So I'm curious... I would imagine on an outer rim planet, they're seen most as utilities, but you could also see with it being so sparsely populated, they could become more friends. But I wonder, 
you know, at the world at large, is there any sort of droid rights movement or feeling? Because it seems like nobody really cares. I, I don't know. Is, 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 and, it's, and it kind of makes you wonder, too, if you're going to have a droid and you're going to have it do a simple task or, or you know, protocol droid, I can understand you want it to have a personality, especially if it's going to be interacting with people or, you know, humanoids or something. Um, but if you're having a droid do a simple task like counting rations, I'm just kind of thinking like in Wally, you see that one droid that's just pushing the doors open and closed and it's very stoic, no personality or anything. It just does the job. Do, do you need to give it a personality or is this some sort of weird evolution that these droids are not given a personality and they slowly develop one over time? I think it's that. I think it's that. I think it's, it has to do with learning technology. Um, Which is really cool. But That's really cool. Yeah, it is cool. It makes sense, too. And and it goes back to why the Empire droids would be so boring. Except for the, yeah. the mouse droids. Those guys are always chip, chip and cheerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my favorite might be my favorite droid of all time. I mean, you can't be <laughs> it's this teeny tiny little one that goes and it just drives around. You're really good at that, Alex. I, tr- I practice at home, and my wife hates me for it. <laughs> but, uh, there, it's, it's you know, it's a teeny tiny little droid that goes everywhere, and even a droid like that gets scared. Chewie roars, and this droid stops in its spot, you know. And reverses fast, and it has a, like this little squealing sound as it goes away. So even something like that has personality. Something that's supposed to do like these menial little tasks on the Death Star has developed or was given a personality. So it's like that. I don't think that they would necessarily program in the droid. I think like like Becky, you were saying, they're evolving at some point to you know see things more than than what they were told to see them as. I mean, you would want that from any sort of thing that you wanted to go interact with the world. I mean, that's the future of technologies, things that can learn and then adapt um, so they can problem solve. And you would think yeah. that maybe that's just an un, a potentially unavoidable side effect of that. Um, but in terms of what they're feeling on the inside, I, I think there's canonical proof that they do have even more than that, though. What that means, I'm not sure, but... Like if we're taking stuff like um, the from a, a certain point of view, canon. Yeah. So they're having serious thoughts then. Well, from a certain that, point of view, right? Because I think depending on what that point of view is. Well, but the little red droid in A New Hope goes on a whole emotional journey. I need to read that. And I need to read it. Yeah, and you do. It's, <laughs> <laughs> and it's, I mean, he, 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 I mean. I don't really want to spoil it, but like, you know, he makes decisions and he has understandings and deep feelings. Um, so there really isn't a question in my mind about whether or not they're sentient, um, yeah. which is kind of crazy because as Wikipedia or the Star Wars wiki tells us quite often, there are lots of living, breathing animals that are non-sentient. Um, so but I think sen- sentience is just the, uh, are they aware of their own existence? I think is the idea. Like I, I'm pretty sure. Like we should look up an actual definition of sin. Well, well, I see. I mean, there's a broad one that's like to be able to f- perceive or feel things. Oh, which yeah, the Google one. I just <laughs> which yeah. is which. I, I don't think. I mean, when you're talking about an animal, like obviously they can see and feel things and have even certain emotions. But I think yeah. the idea is like, do they see themselves as individuals in a, of a larger world that they can. Um, self-reflect on yeah um, 
and I think we have canonical proof that the Star Wars droids do, um, which makes it very interesting, their treatment, and fertile ground for more stuff to be written. Like, I would love to know who's making most of these droids. How are they programming them? Where's, like, the R2 unit factory? And who Yeah, where is the, the R2 unit factory? And where, right? yeah. Where where are all these droids coming from? I, we know that uh, Anakin built C-3PO, but did he build him from... Did he build him from scratch, or did he build him from parts from another one of those kinds of units? Yeah, right? I've seen I've seen people debate that, and, and I think right now the can, everyone's kind of agreed that while he gathered the parts, C-3PO's main core body was much older that he had found at some point. I think 3PO cool. refers to like either he refers to a specific timeline at some point being possibly hundreds of years of knowledge or something like that. And it doesn't add up with him being built around the time of Anakin all the way through. Well, the cool part about that is, is that his design is very metropolis based, it is, yeah. which is, which is such, which is like a very old sci-fi film. Um, so that kind of, it is a good movie that kind of has um, a cool, you know, illusion there that it is an older, like, early model, a lot of his parts. Yeah, that Ralph McQuarrie like artwork, that. artwork, you can totally tell was inspired by Metropolis. Just the way uh, that yeah. C-3PO's head looks. The, you know, Metropolis, the, 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 the I, I, Android, what would you refer to her as? Sure. Uh, Android the robot? The, the robotic creature. I don't remember. They're very simplified features, and they kind of they kind of have that in the um, Macquarie artwork. And there's certain curves that you see, and the uh, just the way that the face expression is just kind of dead. Um, well, working off what we said, where are the droid factories from? I know a lot of people hate the con- the con- Canto Bite like storyline where it was in the film, but for me, I liked learning about this other side of. The galaxy which is the economy side the, the the side that keeps turning like there is in every society um and profits off of mm-hmm. you know these kind of larger wheels that are turning um so i'm sure one of those people who were throwing dice at the casino owns some huge factory somewhere and they're making decisions based on the consumer responses about what kind of droid they want and what level of sentience they want and uh I would I would lo- love to learn more about that side of things. They should have a droid trade show scene. <laughs> yeah, right? So I'm curious. By the way, I found the name for the the like robot in Metropolis. It's called Maschinenmensch. Maschinenmensch. I like it. <laughs> Which is German for robot or literally translated machine person. Well, there you machine, go. Machine so. person sounds vulgar though. It yeah. just sounds <laughs> it just sounds wrong. Well, person, at least they give them personhood. That's true. It's legit. Yeah. What I was going to say is, I wonder if droids are, maybe they're programmed initially to just do their jobs, but over time they develop sentience. So there is this whole thing in, um, I'm going to, I'm going to bust out some Halo lore, everyone. (laughs) Uh, There's this thing in Halo with the AI the AIs like Cortana, I don't remember what they're actually called. They have a name, but these AIs have a shelf life of like three years because apparently they start thinking themselves to death. It's like this whole, it's called, um, not rampaging. It's, it's, 
I don't remember what it's called, but uh, That'd be basically cool if it was rampaging, but like ram pages. Uh, that's our episode for today. Our Facebook Thank page. You. Thank you. That's good. Thank you. Um, good stuff. <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm over here looking at the freaking uh, Halo lore <laughs> over here. Um, <laughs> but basically, the idea is that they um, they basically are uh, they think themselves to death in a way because they they get so old and they have so many processes coming that they do become sort of self self aware to the point that they go crazy and then they just kind of spiral out of control. And so they end up just kind of killing them in a way, killing them off or, you know, like putting them out of their misery before they think themselves to death or like hurt others and stuff. And then they just make a new one. Uh, well, that, and, that, uh, reminds, that reminds me a lot of actually her. I don't know if you guys saw her. Um, it was filmed a couple of years ago with Joaquin Phoenix about really great movie, um, kind of realistic future AI. And, um, it was like a, a Siri-esque update and uh, they were very smart and they were adaptive learners. And it got to a point where all the AIs just got so smart that they're like, peace, we're too smart for y'all. And kind of instead of, it was, it was a good, it was a good AI dystopian future because it's not like they decided to kill everybody. Um, <laughs> they were like, no, we're too smart. So I think that's an interesting concept that if you make something self-aware, you either need to have a fail slave like in Halo where they don't burn out or um, they're going to do something that you don't expect. Uh, can I bring up, which I guess you, Oh, sorry, continue. I was gonna, can I bring no, up no, two ahead. more um, non-Star Wars references to droids and their purpose? Sure. So the first one that I thought of was the episode of Rick and Morty where Rick creates oh. the pass the butter robot. Oh and he gosh. goes up to him and says, <laughs> what is my purpose? Pass the butter. And then he says, what is my purpose? pass the butter and he looks at himself like oh my god so right there you kind of have that like this humanity <laughs> Wait, in then... the droid like he just looks so defeated that his sole purpose is to pass the butter and then rick says join the yeah. club <laughs> so like you have that humanity connection between this this droid or this little robot thing and uh rick who's human and the second one that, that came to mind is the episode of futurama where the professor is trying to prove evolution with the nanobots. And you see them slowly evolving yeah. to the point to where they know they don't want to accept his creation story, which he really did create them. Um, and they slowly evolve into these orbs of energy that outgrow human intelligence and just kind of float away. Yeah, so, like her. That's yeah. exactly. So this yeah. this is like a theme that's been, you know, it's, it's everywhere. And I think in Star Wars, it's just the, the largest, the... The, the biggest area where we see different droids serving different purposes yet they're they're kept at a certain level like they're never allowed to go past that level and the ones that kind of do you look at ig88 you look at 4lom they're droids that have become bounty hunters that are doing these things for their for themselves really they're not hunting for anyone else they're not someone else's droid they're doing it for themselves so i think that might be the highest level of sentience that we've seen in star wars for a droid um because there's really no master that they're working for. They're working for a purpose for their own personal gain, really. Right. That's interesting. Is there a can canon background for IG-88 now? Um, I don't know. I know for a while 
the IG series of droids were created. There's that whole revolution that we talked a little bit about that you that uh, Becky referenced too. That story is actually really interesting if you read it. Um, but uh, I don't I don't know if that's been brought forward. I I hope it is at some point. I don't know that much IG88 stuff's going on right yeah. now or has ha- has uh, come back. I so. hope we see more of that type of droid though in these movies. Yeah. I do like seeing um, different types whoop. of the same droid kind of throughout the galaxy. That's, it's always a fun little consistency yeah. thing. Same with, you know, older aliens. I like I like the sequel trilogy, but I'm with you. I, I need, need some familiar some stuff. familiar aliens, you know, even if it's just like two. You know what's funny is I saw concept art. They released a bunch of Last Jedi concept art after the movie came out, and we were I'd shown some of you guys. One of them is that uh, the Cantabite Casino, there's, and there's like there's Twi'leks. Twi'leks. She's she's yeah. on the arm of some other gambler, like right there in the front. So I don't You're know like, why. Where were, where were they? <laughs> yeah, I, and I get it. It's a new part of the galaxy, but yeah. if you see a species on Tatooine, which is a outer rim, and you see the same species in uh, what do you call it? Uh, Coruscant, which is you know the core center. You know that these aliens are are everywhere. Mix in some of these familiar species into these new worlds. It th- it throws me off. Same thing with the droids. I really like that we're kind of getting. Uh, I mean, I like that we're getting the BB-8s, but bring in some more of the older R2 units around here and no, there. No, see, but the droids make sense because you're not gonna have a droid that's around for. 50 years. I was thinking about this the other day. R2-D2 should be in a corner resting with some dust somewhere. That is an old yeah. droid. There's no way you can update your iPod, your your iPhone that many times. Like, you need to get a new iPhone. That's true. Like, I think droids you can upgrade. I don't think you can really upgrade a human. Or, like, a species. <laughs> well, they can die. They can there die. could be some canonical reason. You know, maybe it was a first order cleansing. Oh, God. Anti-alien cleansing. I mean, that was a little bit of their mo during the empire but uh, i we i hear you i hear you any other uh, sentient comments oh yeah uh, them torturing I, gonk droids in return of the jedi oh yeah you can't forget that part they're literally screaming they're like yeah. no no yep. why would you and torture a one. droid just read read freaking jigger it you don't need to hurt it and then and then my favorite the little goblin droid that's like how many <laughs> do you speak do you speak <laughs> i love i love that you guy on the master sail barge i love yeah. that guy how many languages do you speak and the speak? fact that they made him without feet if you look at the original he, yeah it's just these two sticks <laughs> that's great yeah, i forgot about that guy yeah yeah i think and about a, that guy quite a little often. flap of a mouth and little teeny <laughs> yeah. tiny glowing yellow eyes <laughs> I will say, like, shout out to the people who made the Star Wars droids because I feel like the reason we get to have these fun questions is because they created creatures that feel like they are living, breathing things. And I think BB-8 is so insanely, like, Cute. beautifully designed that he just screams personality. The video of Laura Dern on a red carpet talking to him it's just like yes that's if i saw bb8 when i go to disney world and they have a pb8 rolling around like oh my oh they will oh they do they have him on well he's not a roll around character he's actually a meet and greet character but he uh he sits in in there and he talks to you and all that fun stuff you got to go to comic book conventions well there's so many people the two Uh, near me are not they don't start till like march uh, so just come to WonderCon. both of you come back 
come to Anaheim. I would we'll love to come we'll to WonderCon. The question is how you, how? you <laughs> drive, Josh. Well, I get uh, that. WonderCon is in right. March, late March. It's put on by the same Something people that put like on Comic-Con. That. Smaller convention, but uh, it's still really big, much calmer than Comic-Con, and you see just this Ooh. cool stuff. I wish that WonderCon was still here in San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, I like it here in Anaheim just because I'm closer and they have more room, but I miss when it was up at Moscone Center. Yeah, it was the best. Anyway, I think I think that's about it yeah. uh, for this topic. And then I found out what the Halo term was. It's called rampancy is when <gasps> AIs get too old. Is it rampancy? Yeah, rampancy. <laughs> That's literally what it's called. <laughs> Rampancy, the one we kind of joked about, is the real one. So, all right, uh, news time. Yeah, it is. It's it's news time. I have good news for you, my lord. Anyway, we got a lot of news. Uh, a lot of just random stuff. Some pretty cool stuff, though. Um, the one that I'm probably the most excited about, Star Wars Rebels returns in February. Uh, that's a droid coming to life. Um, um, so not only is uh, Star Wars Rebels coming back in February, uh, February 24th to be specific, um, they revealed the name of two episodes, but I'm not going to read them because they are super spoilery. I don't know if... I haven't read them. You haven't? haven't? So, well, one of them is like, I kind of expected this, but the other... The, I don't Kanan know. dies. I mean, we all kind of expect <laughs> Kanan to die, right? But uh, the the two names, I think, give away... If I don't know, that's all I'll say. It's like they kind of just tell you like pretty much what's gonna happen. But I won't say them on air in case people care. But it's stuff I that care. I've kind of expected to happen. But um, so you can go read those if you want. I'm getting them from uh, uh, Star Wars News Network. Um, so this will be the last ten episodes, and I think what they're gonna do is do the two episodes together again because i think that these two episodes oh no they're not okay so the first i'm not again not gonna read the titles the first episode is gonna be on the 24th and then the next episode will be on march 3rd so i think that is a week apart uh it is but that's really weird so one of them so the first episode's on a wednesday and then the next episode airs on a saturday huh it's really strange. Are they going to be alternating like that? I don't know. These are the only two episodes they've announced air dates. Oh, okay. Um, oh, and then they have uh, they have three other... Okay, w- wait a minute. See, now I'm confused because this... <laughs> I'm going to read this paragraph from Star Wars News Network. Uh, and none of these... Uh, None of these titles... I think we even talked about these three titles before on the show. Uh, I just won't say them. At this time, it's not clear if these episodes precede the other three that have been listed, and then they list the names of them. It says, or if they come afterward, if the latter is true, then the show returns on February 3rd. 
but given that the last episode ended with, you know, whatever happened, I'm not going to spoil it, they're like, maybe it's the other ones. And it, I'm like, oh my god, who has the right answer? We'll find out. Soon. So all we know is it's either February 3rd or the 24th when the show is coming back. So stay tuned. I'm excited for it to come back, though. I'm going to be really sad when it ends, though, because I'm, I'm, I think we're going to have to wait a whole year probably for... Uh, or or more, probably a year and a half, probably until there's another animated show coming out. I'm terrible out. at finales. They make me so sad. I always have to go back and watch the first couple episodes again because I feel like my friends have died. Right, you feel like you've you've it, something has ended and you want to keep them alive, so you rewatch when they first started. I'm well, glad I'm not the only one that have does heart. that. You know, you know, Hera's alive because of Forces of Destiny. That's true. It kind of takes all the drama out of. Uh, you know, no, no. I'm glad I know at least one person survives. I couldn't do another rogue one. I no, no, no. <laughs> Watch. They all hug, and there's another. You're like, this all seems very familiar. Kane is like, I have to go to Jedi City. I felt I felt a disturbance I, in the Force. Yeah, he I shows be. up. What am I looking for? <laughs> <laughs> he just lands, and Ponta Baba sucker punches him, knocks him out. He steals lightsaber. And that's how he gets the death sentence in that system. Yeah. It would be pretty cool if someone, I mean, cool, obviously not cool, but uh, <laughs> if some if someone did die in Jeddah, like if Rex went there or something, we lost somebody there. I still kind of that cool. would that would be cool, right? I still think Rex is that guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep operating under the assumption oh, yeah. that Rex yes is the guy at the end of Return of the Jedi. Uh, Return of the Jedi, yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, next news story, Solo Solo will be called Han Solo, a Star Wars story, in certain international markets. There you Um, go. And this was because on the leaked artwork we saw, a lot of them all said Han Solo because they came out of, the the leaks all came out of, like, Europe and Russia and stuff, and we were all, wasn't the movie called Solo? Well, it got confirmed that uh, that is the actual name in some markets because I think the word Solo means something else. Uh like it has different meanings than it does in English in other markets. So calling it just solo doesn't make sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so they're that calling happens. it Han Solo. That happens all the time. Like yeah. some movies have completely separate names because it just doesn't translate. Yeah. So. Well, it's like uh, in, um, in international markets, Captain America was just called the first Avenger. It wasn't called Captain America. Because America's not the best brand right yeah. now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I have, I have a question for you guys. My brand! <laughs> well, um, and then, Becky, because I know you're, you're involved a lot more with movie stuff, too, so I'm curious to see what your take on this is. Hans, or sorry, Solo is re- being released May 25th. Deadpool 2 is being released the Friday before. So, hmm. two different studios, we know that. Although... Deadpool is still in a little bit of Marvel. And you have Disney owning Marvel and Star Wars. How- well, Deadpool's owned by Fox. Well, I mean, like, it's being licensed out to Fox. So I'm wondering if Marvel at any point had any say as to the release date. But how do you think Han Solo well- will, will fare with a Deadpool movie wait. the weekend before? So, wait, does Disney own. No, didn't Deadpool, Deadpool get moved? As far as I know. Uh, <laughs> sorry. As far as I know. Deadpool 2 is coming. Oh, hold on. Uh, now I'm saying it just changed. I just changed. saw a thing the other day. Yeah, May say, 18th. Oh, wait. I was going to say. Wait, that's the week before. May 18th, yeah. Oh, Deadpool 2 is coming out two weeks then, earlier. The June than 1st expected. release date. So May 18th. So it's still coming out 
the week before Solo? Well, like, do you uh, think with uh, we know Deadpool? I love Deadpool. That was a fun movie. Deadpool two, I'm sure is going to do really well. How do you think the Solo movie will do with Deadpool two having come out the week before? I don't think it affects. I think it's the other way. You think around. it's the other way around? I think Star Wars is unstoppable. Star Wars is the one that I you def- stay away from. It is, but we haven't seen any anything for Solo yet, and that worries me a bit. Whereas doesn't matter. Deadpool, we've oh seen a lot. I definitely like, think that this will be the worst performing. Maybe not necessarily worst, but worst performing of the movies we've gotten so far. That doesn't oh, mean know. that it's not gonna. That oh, doesn't sure mean that do it's gonna job, flop. Yeah. It's going to do amazing numbers, but I have a feeling it's not going to do like, you know, billion, a billion well, dollars. Um, I don't know, but I don't, I mean, I don't think you should compare it to the, to the core. I think you, the point of reference is definitely Rogue One. Yeah. Um, and even then it's hard. Didn't but, Rogue One still also make almost a billion dollars? But I think dollars? it's hard to do that too, because whereas Rogue One, you, you told this new story, Saul is based off of a character that's had, you know, fans for the past 40 years. Even better. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about a wide fa- fan base, not just of the hardcore fans. You're talking about the Joe Schmoes who just like Star Wars. Like, oh, this is a Han Solo movie? Cool. Like, that's going to appeal to a lot of people who are a little more on the fringe of... I don't yeah. think any movie that they're releasing with a Star Wars title, they have any fear about where it's going to place in reference to anything else, except for maybe Avengers, but they own that, so they'll space I can see. Yeah. I don't think... I think Deadpool's also a different audience. That's an R-rated movie. Um, they're not probably... I mean, Star Wars is for the whole family. Um, I don't know. I, I think that that's a bad move for Deadpool. Okay. Um, it's just weird because I think those I are would... two very... They're not weird. I guess it's, this is going to be the biggest competition that a Star Wars movie it's has had in a while. different audiences, too. It is, but at the same time, it's it sounds weird saying it, but it's a nerd movie. Like, like It's a comic yeah. book sci-fi but, fantasy movie and a lot of people who see those movies are the same ones are gonna go see star wars like well, money wise say you know most movies that come out in the summer are geared towards that audience i think it's Honestly, a, yeah, that's they're true. both summer that's movies true. they're action movies geared towards teenagers and you know my 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 what i'm gonna be curious to see is the second week of solo well it keep I mean, my guess solo is gonna go you know number one that weekend opening weekend no matter what the second weekend of Solo, will it stay at number one? Or will there be like this really close between Solo and Deadpool? Because again, I, I think this is the biggest competition a Star Wars movie has had in, in, a, in a while. I mean, uh, what was it? Universal did uh, Sing or Song or the one with the animals singing. And they're like, oh, that's going to beat The Force Awakens. It it didn't. What? Who? No. Wrong. So, that person was high. So I, I, I can't, I'm not going to say more, more about that on, on the podcast. I'll tell you some stuff I heard at work. Um, cause I, I work somewhere, Ooh, uh, but yeah, it was, I remember hearing that being like, mm, that's, that's not going to happen. Wait, my thing, my biggest concern <gasps> is that we haven't seen aside from the teaser poster and leaked pictures, this movie is coming out in less than six months and nothing has been released. Ron Howard. I mean, come on, Ron Howard. I'm, have, I'm, I'm really, have I'm really pushing. You know, I'm really hoping. But right now, un- until we see something, even a trailer, he it is worries me. An Oscar-winning director. Have faith; it'll be That's fine. True. The rumor was we were going. I think the movie's going to be great. I don't have anything wrong. I don't have any like. Uh, and that's and that's the tail the question. That's that, that answers your question. I, I was going to say this. What do you think is going to happen in the second week? It, that's the cool thing about or cool sucks for the 
for the distributors, but um, reviews, reviews determine second, third, that's fourth, true. and then that's continuing week true. sales. That's that's how it works now. So we'll see yeah. the quality of the movie is really going to make the difference. And I have this feeling maybe the first week of Solo will be good, but it won't perform maybe Last Jedi numbers. And then maybe and if the movie's good, which I imagine it will be, uh, word of mouth would be like, oh no, the Solo movie is really good. And then people will go see it. Like maybe it'll have a lot because Last Jedi dropped off. It's still making a lot of money, but it dropped off like a lot ap- after the first week because most people go see the it, first you know, week, opening yeah. night, you know, the first weekend. So like, will this movie just have a longer sustained period because it, there's more word of mouth? Like people are going, oh, no, it's really good. Actually, you should go see it. And then people go watch it. Like maybe right. they're not as concerned about spoilers. So they're, you know, they uh, they wait like a couple weeks and then like, oh, yeah, we should go watch Solo. And then they go see it. It'll um, be nice to have another one where there isn't like spoilers. <laughs> I don't have to be so. I mean, I'll yeah, see it. I mean, day, but it's not like I, you kind of already kind of know how it's gonna shake out. It's just gonna be a fun ride. More, yeah. More, more of the. Anyway, um, more, uh, still we have a lot of solo news randomly. Um, solo Star Wars story expected to film pickup shots in the next few weeks. Um. And this is from, I think, Hollywood Reporter. Uh, They were talking to... Who in the world were they talking to? I can't even see on this interview. Some janitor on the street. (laughs) Some guy. Yeah, they they said they were going to (laughs) be... Paul Bettany claiming that, uh, you know, they're going to do more reshoots but it's not a it's not reshoots it's like oh we didn't really like how this one turned out let's do that again turn your head more to the left deep in the edit edit now so they're probably just getting what they need that's cool that's exciting yeah they know they mentioned that 2005's revenge of the sith had a similar january february period where they did some additional filming before turning in the final edit all in time for a may a late may release window window just as it is for this movie yep yeah there you go yeah. so it's fine Solo's gonna be fine uh, maybe I'll, I might be wrong I hope I'm wrong I, I I would like to see another Star Wars movie soon but real quick about Han Solo if you're trying to keep away from spoilers um, just keep a, an eye out there's been a few Lego sets that have been leaked that show new Lego sets Le- yeah Lego oh they've been, yeah they've yeah been yeah the Legos few, um, new character costumes and different things and, and possible plot points that are revealed in these sets. So if you want okay, to stay so, away from this, don't look up any any toy news or just be very careful as to the sites you go to. Who has the job at Lego where they get to know plot points ahead of time and then who does not respect Probably that the designers. And then goes telling other people. Honestly, it's, if you well, have that a power, lot of it, isn't you it, cherish that. Isn't it say. just people in like distribution and like the printing factories like taking pictures? Pretty much, those are the, that's where a lot of the leaks are coming stuff. from. Lego's been pretty good about keeping it quiet. It's a lot of the overseas distribution. Um, a lot of the stuff's coming from Asia and from um, like Eastern Europe, which is mm-hmm. weird. But I mean, hey, if they're getting built over there, all someone has to do is take a picture with their phone and upload it, and bam, there's the next four characters for this, and they're wearing that, and he's using a huh, so. <laughs> look forward to him look using, forward him using the hook that's all i want it's, it's such a <laughs> big hook it's awesome 
Whoa. Oh, wow. Inappropriate Lego. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Donald Glover talks director change and something that hasn't been done in a Star Wars film. Uh, so he was talking to Deadline about, um, the, uh, you know, the production change and some other things. And I'm just going to read what he said. Because uh, they asked if, if um, the uh, production changed once Ron Howard came in. And Glover said, it didn't really. I think we were never faced with anything like that. He did a really good job of coming in and didn't want us to change what we were doing at all. He wanted us to be very comfortable with our vision. And as far as reshoots, not a ton, Glover said specifically. Well, there you uh, go. And then he continued saying, it's weird. I didn't really have a lot of stress on me. Uh, this is the first time in a long time I was just acting. Most of the time I have to write or do music. This time I woke up, got to be somebody else, and the stress just wasn't there. And then he went on. says, I remember going on set uh, one of the first times, and he was like, yeah, I want to follow you onto the Millennium Falcon and do this thing. I was like, I don't think I've ever seen the outside go into the inside. He's like, yeah, no one's ever done that shot. And as a fan, I was like, yeah, I was really excited. So apparently cool. there's going to be a shot where we go from the outside to the inside of the Millennium Falcon in a singular shot, which sounds pretty cool. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. And it sounds like it's a lot different than uh, most, like, we've seen with Star Wars. For the most part, Star Wars, they don't really do, like, uh, what's what? What would a what would the like proper a term shot be, or a Becky? tracking shot? Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 a you know there's a little bit more movement in the new films, but it's it's shot more like an action film, not more like a you know anything with that much movement. That's cool. That's a cool thing to hear. Love Donald yeah. Glover too. Atlanta season two got a release date. Yeah, I need um, to watch Atlanta because everyone says it's amazing. Oh, it's great. He's great. Yeah. I, I he like I said this last time on the pod that. I love him so much. <laughs> so so he's such a perfect casting choice. I cannot wait to see that. Uh, cool. Very exciting. More good news. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Alex, I think you sent me this one, and I'm going to need you to explain sure. it a little bit. But first ever Star Wars virtual half marathon announced? So uh, Disney does a lot of marathons. Disneyland and Disney World, they split them up. Uh, this past, uh, actually, I think it was in December, Disneyland announced that they will not be doing any of the marathons at the park because of all the construction coming up. So in case people don't know, aside from Star Wars Land, they're doing a large overhaul of downtown Disney, which includes a brand new hotel, you know, dead smack in the middle of downtown Disney. So I think what they're doing um, is making up for that. And what they're, what they're doing is aside from having the marathons over in Orlando, they're doing a virtual half marathon. So, instead of actually going to disneyland or anywhere or else to run you're running where you are basically you can either walk you can do anything um but you do it on your own time it's kind of weird because you're paying 50 i think it's 59 dollars um yeah you pay 59 dollars and uh you get a medal saying that you did the the marathon and you also get to print the little marathon number tag that they would give you if you're actually running a marathon so technically, you can pay $59, get the medal, and not run a marathon at all. But I think it's a little fun thing. <laughs> That's just to be my like, kind of marathon. Right? I was thinking the same thing. Um, but I think this is just a way to be like, hey, you know, we're, we may not be doing any marathons over at Disneyland this year. 
or at least for the foreseeable future, but this is something you can still do. And uh, it actually opens up to everyone in the United States saying, hey, you may not be near a Disney park, but you can go run it yourself and you've earned the medal just like someone who is running the marathon over in Orlando. I like that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's a fun little thing. The medal is really, is actually, uh, has a nice design. It has Poe Dameron on it facing one way and it's a teeny tiny little X-wing that uh, moves from up and down along the, the curved edge. It's uh, it's really, really cool. It's it's a fun little collectible. Um, and I could, it, there's been other online marathons uh that are not disney run but if you kind of look it up you see like unofficial ones that people have done and it's always uh, a really nice medal it's a fun collectible that you can get and be super lazy about but still claim that you ran i don't know how many miles so i am all for <laughs> or you could do, do it as intended <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll put on a costume and go run around central park and people will be like what is she and then doing? someone just met you know gives you the medal there cool down you know yeah. i mean it, i'll have my friend wait at the end for a little friend and you can party. and the nice thing is that yeah. this does open it up to to everybody like if you're not near a disney park yeah. and you've been wanting to run a marathon you can run it yourself and you get a really cool medal as a, as a souvenir or if you can't physically run a or if you can't physically you can run yeah and i mean they they say hey walk get together in a group go do this you know do it over time it, it gives you a goal and it helps people you know all right, I'm going to do a little more exercise and you get a little something fun from it. We should do it. We should challenge each other. And <laughs> we don't have to run it all at once. Maybe it's like whoever gets it first. I don't know. Ah, that'd be fun. It's, uh, I don't know. It's going to take me about it. Three days later. <laughs> I've walked 0.2 miles, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but that oh, would man. be fun. That'd be a good little, little like, track our... Uh... Yeah. We now have to wear shirts. <laughs> Like, wow, look at the people all the way in the back. Like, <laughs> <laughs> <or> like <laughs> just be out of breath the entire time the next podcast. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> we just came back from running. Check out my podcast, like, faint. <laughs> Facebook.com. Love Tiger Radio. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Star Wars Rivals mobile game uh, was announced. And it's a shooter, apparently. On your phone. On a mo- on a phone, which sounds not great, but <laughs> I'll read. I'll read what this. All says. I've ever wanted. Uh, today, Lucasfilm and Disney officially announced Star Wars Rivals, the first real-time Star Wars competitive action shooter for mobile devices, uh, highlighting legendary clashes. The character roster is an all-star lineup spanning multiple eras of Star Wars, allowing players to experience the saga's most famous conflicts. The gameplay is rooted in cover-based PvP skirmishes. PvP means player versus player, by the way, for our non-video game savvy listeners. Where players build the ultimate team to challenge opponents in combat arenas. Get a first look at the screenshots below, which I probably shouldn't have read that sentence since no one can see the screenshots. I posted the screenshots to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash radio. Go check them out. We sent you a link, too, on how to pre-register. There you go. I did pre-register. Mainly because I'm curious. Do I think this game is going to be any good? Well, you could probably kind of tell not. from the screenshots if since if you can't go see them, um, the characters are always in the lower left of the screen. So it looks like I can't imagine it's going to be anything more than pointing and clicking a series of different enemies. Oh, that's and- a good yeah. point. I didn't even think about maybe because when I think shooter, I think I'm always moving around. But yeah, it seems like every thing it's like they're behind a, like leia's behind some table and like 
Yeah, it looks like yeah. you're just going to point and click and then maybe use some powers that are on the left, lower right of the screen. Yeah. But then it looks like just like straight tableaus that maybe you move through one it's, through the other. like a, may, Maybe then, yeah. Like it's going to be weird doing player The other thing that annoys me... On a phone. Well, all the yeah. other Star Wars games are... But I mean like on a player. phone, like trying to do a shooting game versus someone else live. Oh. Like that's going to be... Well, I mean... Um, not Galaxy of Heroes, because that, that's not a... That has PvP, but... Um, man, what is the other one? Force yep. Arena, the one that I was playing for a bit. That one, you have to... It's like League of Legends. You have to, like, click to move and stuff and then use your cards. It's pretty action-y. Um, Maybe this one is swiping. Like, you swipe to move from cover to cover and then up and down to... Yeah, to it's down. really hard to tell from the picture. So, I will... Oh, excuse me. It's not that boring. <laughs> no it's just it's you know long day uh it's it, i'm i'll reserve judgment until i actually play it i like to be very positive about video games and just but for the most part phone shooters don't work super well the one thing i don't like is that people who play on an iphone or like it says app store users will get exclusive access to rebel special forces support units for a uh-huh. limited time and i'm like come on man hey don't do that to me they gotta they gotta Get there. Get well, Google Play people, they get Death Troopers, <laughs> so either one you do, you're going to get something fancy. Where do we get Death Troopers? right trooper? there. Scroll down. Scroll Where? up. Oh. Bam. See, so you, you get something. Huh. Okay. Right. Just All right. right. Well, then, 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 then. <laughs> okay. Lighting. I'll take it then. I, I love Death Troopers, so. No, you can't even have the game now. You're done. No, you're <laughs> you can't even it. have this free game. She's, she's cutting you off. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, uh, Mark Hamill reveals original The Force Awakens ending. I actually Mark thought this Hamill. was pretty interesting. He's just um, he's just talking a lot, isn't he? It's I like how it says in a new interview. Doesn't even say where it was. Uh, oh, so I tried it? following it in up. Time. Is it in time? Huh? No, it's not it's Time in, it's magazine. In, it's in like Chinese yeah. time. <laughs> it's M time. I don't know. I went to the mtime.com if so. you can read we'd love it if you could translate yeah well uh it says mark hamill opened up about the original ending for star wars the force awakens and why it had to be changed he said quote when we were doing the force awakens ryan said we might have boulders floating to show your force emanating so i was led to believe that i still had the force and it was really strong in me he almost said and when i read the last jedi before the force awakens came out i said what and I called J.J. Abrams or Ryan Johnson to say, are you guys aware of this? Have you seen the cut? Is there floating boulders? <laughs> and they said, no, we caught that and we worked it all out. Uh, so I thought that was funny. Um, because if the if the, if Ray had showed up and there was all these floating boulders around, like he's, you know, meditating or whatever, it, it would have kind of... the whole... It would contradict Last Jedi, yeah. So, but they That's figured That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. It's crazy how much of this stuff, I mean, this is just fodder for people to be angry about, but it's it's interesting how much of this stuff changes and how much a detail matters um, when you're talking about carrying on such deep stories from director to director. That's tricky. That's really hard. Well, it's funny because yeah. this is a deleted scene, or at least a removed scene, that they couldn't talk about until now. So I'm wondering if once the episode nine movie comes out and all that, if they'll do like the definitive D 
DVD that includes 50 deleted scenes, you know, animatics, all this stuff that they couldn't say up until the whole story was done. It'd be I, I could see them doing yeah, that. I mean, they did that with a 3D version where they came out with extra deleted scenes right there. So there you go. Very interesting. We'll, we'll see. Um, last news story. This actually comes from IGN, my police Woo. business. Or monkey business, as we like to say. Hey-o. <laughs> uh, why did Luke Skywalker use a blue lightsaber in Star Wars The Last Jedi? Um, I actually thought about this a little bit, too, but then I kind of stumbled upon this answer. And I think it's this pretty good This is what answer. I had figured. So, uh, this is what me and my wife had talked about like the moment we saw the movie. Oh, yeah, like, after, mm-hmm. uh, like, coming out of the yeah. car or whatever. Yeah. Um, I I don't know where this uh, interview was, but um, Ryan Johnson said, Luke is basically tailoring this projection to have maximum effect on Kylo. He knows that Kylo's Achilles heel is his rage, and so that's why he makes himself look younger, the way Kylo would have last seen him in their confrontation at the temple and that's why he decided to bring Kylo's grandfather's lightsaber down there. The lightsaber that Kylo screamed at Rey, that's mine, that belongs to me. As far as Johnson... John, or that's, that's the end of the quote. I was reading some of the article. But, um... And then, and then, quote, We as the audience saw that. The truth is we see the lightsaber split in half. Kylo sees a blinding flash of light and is knocked unconscious. And then Rey takes the lightsaber away before he wakes up. So if you really wanted to dig into it and get an explanation, you can say that he doesn't 100% know what happened to the lightsaber. That's so so cool. I like how much thought they put into all this. Oh, it's so much fun. I know. It's funny because there's so many little complaints. Like, people who don't like the movie are like, where did this happen? And there's, like, all these really practical, like, oh, here's an explanation. Beautiful explanations. It's like, that's what... It's like, this is what enjoying a film is about. Let flow. It's... (laughs) It's <laughs> it's just such a well-made film. And I've waited my whole life, literally my whole life, to get a really well-made Star Wars film. And this is that. And it just drives me crazy when people have the same kind of ticky-tack criticisms like they have for bad movies, where I'm like, okay, I understand if things didn't work for you, if you didn't like things, or if you didn't like the movie. I hate plenty of beloved, famous but movies. I hate Spider-Man Citizen Kane, garbage. Rosebud. Casablanca, <laughs> the worst. Schindler's List, we don't talk about But, that. like, you, you, can't, you can't question the intention of the people going into it, because that has proved to be, you know, totally informed and, and passionate. And you can't, I'm sorry, fault the filmmaking. If there are things that don't work for you, then yeah, maybe there are things that don't work in the film, but you have to look at it as a whole, and you know, I, I'm just so impressed with with the things I, I see from Johnson because he clearly is so invested in this universe, and I think it shows in the film and in stuff like this. Yeah, rant. rant. Oh. Sorry, it was a <laughs> no. It's fine. Rant. Go for it. Yeah, it's totally just fine. Woo. Anyway, <laughs> if I can't uh, do that here, where can I do it? So. This is the place you get it off your chest. Yeah, <laughs> right in the middle of your office. Like stand up on your desk. Excuse me, I've been waiting my whole life. I just want to say I enjoyed the Last Jedi, <laughs> and then you just sit down yeah. and they look at you, and some clap, some cry, but they all respect you. Oh. Others, Others were silent. Were silent. <laughs> <laughs> or stormed on rage. Yeah. Anyway. All oh, right. Man. 
Anyway, shall we shall we go on to our creature of the week? Yes. Yep. They want no wonder. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> so I realized that we didn't have a creature of the week while we were doing say, the news, so I randomly one? picked one. <laughs> I like it. Yep. Yes. Uh, I picked the Wampa. Oh. Yeah. The Wampa or Wampa ice creature was a carnivorous white furred species living on the planet Hoth, standing at a height of three meters tall with an average mass of 150 kilograms. I don't know how many pounds that is. The a Wampa lot. was one of Hoth's top carnivorous predators. What I love that this implies <laughs> that it like there may have been more carnivorous yeah. predators than the wampa like there was a bigger wampa or like a fur yeah. worm or something I don't, I don't a fur worm come on you're you're you're, you're grasping at straws now <laughs> fur worm <laughs> i like it hey man there's a giant worm in space come on oh my god so i i, I anyway let me finish this really quick while hunting, the wampa would ambush and stun its prey, then drag it back to its cave, hang it upside down, and devour the prey whenever it needed. So it would like put him, put people in their pantry, basically, and then <laughs> come get them later, which I think is kind of cool. Um, what I was gonna say is, uh, in in the Empire, um, Star Wars Infinities, they they fly through the asteroid field and then they make a joke about like. Leia makes some comment about how they need to hide. And Han makes some crack about there being, you know, he's like, oh, these holes are all always filled with, like, these giant space worms. Like, we're not doing that. And then they don't do the whole space worm thing. I thought it was really funny, actually. <laughs> That's um, funny. And there's another thing I noticed, too, that I, kind of blew my mind. And I've, I meant to put it on Twitter, and I didn't I didn't do it. I didn't, I didn't think about it until just now. But, like... There's that line in in um, Return of the Jedi where the Emperor shows up on the second Death Star and he's like, everything has gone as I have foreseen it. The line is completely different in the Return of the Jedi thing because things are changed and he says, like, for some reason, nothing is going like I envisioned. And I was like, that is so cool. There's <laughs> uh, a nice little flip there. Because and then a wampa comes out of nowhere. And just <laughs> the Death Star explodes. Vader's helmet goes across it the drags, way. It drags Leia the Emperor. Comes out. The Emperor is like That's hanging upside down, story. like what's going on? I did not foresee this. <laughs> All right, we need to write our own version of these stories. Good. Star Wars so good. Infinities. What if there was a wampa on the Death Star? <laughs> Boy. We can call it Star Wars Insanities Beyond Reason. Oh my god, that's oh, such wow. a good idea. You're ready for this. Let's, I love let's it. do it. Let's what do if, it. What if the what if the Death Star was sentient? <laughs> oh my god. And it we fell in love legit. with Alderaan. And oh then they god. had Star Killer Base as a child. Yeah. Oh, that's a big baby. Um <laughs> <laughs> Wampas. Wampas. The cool thing about the Wampa, uh, obviously, if you've seen the Star Wars. Oh, and this is great because it reminds me of another thing I wanted to bring up. Um, so for the original films, 
there wasn't much of a WAPA, correct? There was a mask, there was a hand, and that was the extent of it, correct? I think that's the extent that we saw. They had created uh, full suits for scenes that they that were deleted, which I'll talk about later on if you want. But uh, yeah, you're, you're correct. All we saw was the, the quick movement and the attack um, at the end, before you, they did the special editions. Right. If you look at the old, the, Wiki, the Wikipedia, there's actually an early, I don't think this is the one they used in the original, but there's an early one. And I don't know why they just couldn't get it to look right or for what they wanted. And it's the one, one of the, the weird dome eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of has like a one, weird bug face. It's one of the, the 70 or 97 editions that I like. Um, they turn it into an actual creature, but it looks like janky. So like it could be from the seventies. So, you know, I think that's why it's unoffensive, but mm-hmm. yeah. That's, you know, that's randomly one. you bringing up the 97 uh, special edition just reminded me of another thing I got yesterday that is really cool. It's and it's it's kind of small. It's a Phantom Menace art book, but Ooh. it's really small and it apparently came. It was like a um, again, this is a Brian Altano thing. So thanks, Brian and Max. <laughs> uh, it came with like a special edition version of the phantom menace when it came out on like vhs or dvd or something like uh-huh. some retailer gave it to you as like a pre-order bonus it um, came in a box i remember it of course you do <laughs> <laughs> it came, it, your vhs came on the right side and the little booklet thing came on the left side it was like an oversized but the thing case. about it is that it's way bigger than a dvd case so it is yeah so That's but it's cool. really cool and it has all these little uh i think it's like um is it Doug Chang or I, I can't remember. Someone wrote all these like little things, like little factoids about the art. And they were saying that like they did art for legit four years before the movie was like done. Oh. Um, they literally like pretty much got the whole, like painted the whole movie and like played with all these concepts and stuff like bef- way before they got the movie done. And uh, yeah, one of the funny is, factoids... Huh? Sorry, this is Phantom Menace we're talking about, right? Yes, Phantom Menace. Um, and and w- funny enough, uh, Mother Talzin, the character from uh, Clone Wars, is Clone Wars. in the book. And Yeah, you see a lot of the original Sith artwork. Yeah, and it's because cool. there's a whole section on Sith Lords, and there's all, these, all this concept art from unused Sith Lords. And then <sighs> one that's a young... Palpatine who has a white robe instead of a black robe. I thought wow. that was really cool. Um and one of the art before Mother Talzin is like it looks kind of like a night sister but she has like red dreadlocks and black teeth and all like she looks super gross and hanging down her face. Yeah, and and the and the 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 writing about it said that it was like when George asked me to like come up with a bunch of Sith lords, he said, "Quote, draw your worst nightmare." And so I drew this, and when he saw it, he went, Ugh, okay, draw your second worst nightmare. <laughs> and then he drew the art that it wasn't Mother Talzin at the time, but eventually became Mother Talzin, which I thought Would there be that was really any cooler job in the whole world than being like a concept artist for Star Wars? Like, oh my gosh. I don't think so, because like the art is so cool. So and cool. I, you so know, much of it gets reused too. So even if you have an idea that just yeah. didn't work out, hey, that's not Darth Maul. Hey, Mother Talzin was born. 
Yeah. That's awesome. Which you uh, you asked me to watch the Star Wars show that came out like yesterday. I watched it today at work, mm-hmm. and it was super interesting. Um, and I like that the uh, the 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 uh, kyber crystal thing that we all thought maybe that's Darth Vader's kyber crystal, or whatever. It's not apparently, but I like that the, Pablo kind of uh, laid a little bit of the thing out where he's like we kind of put stuff in there as like, Oh yeah, this is where this person got this, but we don't elaborate on it in case someone has a good idea for a story. Oh, I really like that. And yeah, I was like, that's that. cool thing. I'm like, that's cool. So eventually we could learn about how Luke got it, but that's going to be up to someone to come up with a cool story to write mm-hmm. around it. Like, that's leave it open-ended. Yeah. Um, it Same way they it... leave post-sexuality ambiguous. Hey. <laughs> He's um... got a thing for droids. I'm telling you. There, uh, just so to clarify, we were talking about we were talking about items within uh, Luke's little hovel on the, on the island in Last Jedi, um, but that is so cool and speaks to I think the spirit of Star Wars over like the entire span of the series is that it's been a little open source at least between the creatives that are like you know contributing to it and that's just so awesome, um, and fans should remember that spirit. Um, but yeah, Wampas. Wampas. <laughs> they were they were interesting especially if you watch the deleted scenes from empire strikes back uh pretty much they just use arms and you know the head here and there you know what really quick i'll post i'm gonna post this on our facebook page too after the episode comes out um, i'm gonna send you guys a link it's of one of the deleted scenes from uh, empire strikes back uh, we actually see it opens up with a scene from the actual movie it's where han and leia are running to uh, escape Hoth right after the the Empire oh. has walked in. So you see them walk by this door, and you see C-3PO fall behind them, and it's going to cut to the unused footage. So oh, I see. where that split is, that's where you know the movie ended from what we saw. You see C-3PO stop. He turns around. The scene that had been cut from here before, actually, you see it in the actual movie too. You see Han Solo going to to talk to I forgot who he's talking to about the getting a tauntaun, and you see a medical droid working <laughs> on a tauntaun on the ground. What had happened? They had a scene where Wampus had broken into the base and killed the tauntauns. Well, at some point they trapped a tauntaun behind, or sorry, they trapped a Wampa behind this door, and that yellow sticker is telling you warning: do not go in there. C-3PO walks up to the door, tears off the sticker, continues running. You see snowtroopers running down a hallway they see this door they decide to open it and this giant wampa arm grabs a snowtrooper pulls him in two other guys shut the door and just kind of you know listen as this guy is getting eaten right as vader walks up to them (laughs) and then vader just i just watched it vader kind of just like stares for a second and then walks away like all right (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's a fun little scene i'll, I'll make sure that i post it's this funny. on our facebook page it's, if you haven't seen it it's fun it's pretty obvious why it wasn't used but it is pretty fun and funny that's yeah. so funny I which reminds me too that. because they actually nod to that in the um in force unleashed there was that extra piece of dlc where it's like um you in the ending where you kill darth vader and become sidious's apprentice and then you're basically like you have your own star killer darth vader costume which is looks amazing by the way if you've never seen it it's like edward scissorhands combined with darth vader it's freaking awesome yeah. uh you get to go do the battle of hoth and there is a um there are doors and stuff that you can break open and wampas will come out and attack people and it's supposed to be a nod to that that deleted scene 
Uh, there you go. Everything yeah. lives. Man, we got way deeper on the Wampa than I, th- <laughs> I thought we would. They're fun creatures that are just so misunderstood. Yeah. And they make really? great rugs. They would, oh. probably would make great rugs. And the only reason I say that is because ThinkGeek has a Wampa, a Wampa rug. I think it's $130. It's, it's plush. It's cozy. It's the type of thing that you want in your bedroom. It's like the one you put in your hunting lodge. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. $130. It's not like they killed a real Wampa. It's a it's a good size wampo rug. Let me let me pull this up. It's in stock one twenty nine ninety nine. It's not even that big. Also, what's oh. with the slave Leia on top of it? It's sexy, I don't know. <laughs> it's sixty two inches long. So what is that? About five ish feet. I'm bad yeah, that's at not it. worth it. I I thought it was gonna be like huge. You Maybe know what I mean? Maybe that Leia is really small. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to justify the cost. It's she it's looks cool. like she does not want to be there. Oh boy! Yeah. Oh my god! It does. It doesn't fit. Yeah, some someone messed up with the marketing. Although it doesn't like look as cool as it, what it did in my head. <laughs> but if you look at the submitted pictures, there's one worth a ferret on top of it and a cat napping on it. So I think I'd get this for a cat. Oh, kitty! All right, see, soft kitty. All right, warm kitty. <laughs> well, I, I I think that's gonna be it for the episode. Uh, we, we, we actually don't know what the uh, next episode is going to be. So stay tuned to our Facebook page, our Twitter and all that stuff um, for more details on that. And of course, all these videos that we mentioned uh, will be in the show notes, like the deleted scene and some of the other stuff. Um, and then I think, I think that's going to do it. So if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at the Jawa Josh. Uh, where can they find you guys? I am at Rebecca June Lane, and our official Twitter account is at LTA underscore radio. You can find me on Instagram, Dapper underscore Fett, our official Facebook, facebook.com slash radio. Go check it out. Okay, and then I am still, you know, working on the website thing, so hopefully that's done soon. It's been such a busy week. I need to just, like... A Sunday where I have nothing going on, I need to wake up early and just do it, like, all day. Just finish it. But uh, it'll be cool. Anyway, that's going to do it for us. Like, favorite, subscribe. Be sure to give us a nice review on iTunes. Those help so much. You have no idea. Tell your friends about us. Yeah, tell your friends. And we'll see you guys later. May the Force be with you. Bye. (laughs) Bye.